Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day in America, approximately 22 veterans, first responders, or crime victims commit suicide. That number is a staggering amount and constantly increasing. Get involved in offering solutions to the men and women who so bravely take an oath to protect and serve the lives of Americans. Now, a word from our sponsors and then our host. Welcome to Crisis in America, PTSD and Veteran Suicide. I'm Sean Flynn, and I'm here today with my co-host, Colonel Mike Brown, and our special advisor, Rick Brown. I want to bring the audience back to the purpose of this show. With the return of over 2.7 million veterans from Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan, and other recent, oftentimes, multiple war zone deployments. America's solemn responsibility to care for our returning heroes is a more important mission than ever. Regrettably, the suicide crisis that has endured and markedly increased in our veteran community over the past decade stands as a stark reminder that we must redouble our efforts to address continued gaps in veterans' care. Crisis in America PTSD and Veteran Suicide podcast series' purpose is to bring back suicide awareness, education, understanding, and the needed changes and solutions on this epidemic plaguing our nation. From the subject matter experts and the special guests with experience in their respective fields, today we're going to talk about hard truths, about red flags in the VA, about lack of care lack of respect to our veterans when it comes to their mental health care. And we're going to provide you proof that our veterans deserve a lot more from the leaders of this nation and their communities and the Veterans Administration than they are currently getting today. Our sons and daughters of this nation fought for our freedoms. When we needed them, they were there for us. Now it's time for us to be there for them, America. What we have uncovered this week will disturb you. What we hope is that it will put you into action. Today, we're going to talk about hard truths, about red flags in the VA, about lack of care, lack of respect to our veterans when it comes to their mental health care. We're going to discuss what's going on in Washington, D.C., and we are going to provide you proof that our veterans deserve a lot more from their leaders of this nation, their communities, and their veterans administration than they are currently getting today. Our sons and daughters of this nation fought for our freedoms. When we needed them, they were there for us. Now it's time for us to be there for them. America, what we have uncovered this week will disturb you. What we hope is that it will put you into action. Reach out to us with ideas of change and solutions. Come on to our show and rally behind our warriors for justice. Veterans' lives matter, they deserve the best mental health care out there. Yet, what you will hear today will shock you on what the VA is proposing. We have Senate hearing tapes that have recorded these outrageous solutions. Colonel Mike will walk us through them. What is going on in America is a tragedy, and it's getting worse. 
COVID-19 is causing mental hospitals to be closed and national and state governments are remaining silent. American Crisis PTSD and Veteran Suicide Podcast is the voice of the veteran. We serve you. Today, we are the voice raising the red flags for America to see. Colonel Mike, could you take me from here? Thanks, Sean. Hey, thanks, America, for coming and turning into us on KGRA Radio. Uh, we really appreciate your listeners out there today. As Sean said, we're here to talk about hard truths. You know, Crisis in America, PTSD, and Veteran Suicide Show is fair and balanced. And we are not concerned about political opinions. Like Sean said, it's about the hard truths. With one purpose, to reduce suicide rates amongst our veterans and first responders. The Americans I have been talking about and the Americans I've been talking with are being significantly influenced and affected by this growing crisis. I know, let me tell you again, I know all Americans around the country feel the same way. We have a network now, a network of supporters from east to west coast. You know, I just recently visited the VA Office of Inspector General. I recently reviewed the report that was released. There was fault at the Washington, D.C. VA Medical Center for a suicide. This was sad. These are the things that are going to disturb you on this show today. A veteran was battling opiate withdrawal. and He had suicidal thoughts, and he begged to stay at the Washington Veterans Hospital. Now, the report just finally came out. This happened in early 2019. See, that's what they do. They don't tell you when it happens. They bury it until we dig it up. And that's what this show's about. We'll eventually find it. So you can throw it in the closet all you want. But crisis in America, PTSD and veteran suicide show, we'll find it. Guess what? Dead of this very honorable veteran who served his country. Instead of trying to find a way into the hospital, instead of them trying to find a way to get him in, a doctor at the veteran had him escorted out by police. Imagine that. A veteran getting escorted out of the VA hospital. And you know what he said to the patient? As witnesses testified in the IG report, he can go shoot himself. I don't care. If those words were not horrible enough, the staff also failed to complete a suicide prevention planning before the patient was discharged. Escorted out by police. I'm not sure that even a discharge. They didn't correctly assess his veteran's risk of suicide. They shelved that patient between several doctors during a 12-hour period. They treated that vet like a street thug. They threw that elderly man off campus. He was in his 60s. And you know what happened? Six days later, that veteran died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. We are finding out across America that this problem are systematic and increasing rapidly as the media sniffs them out. And now American crisis, PTSD, veteran suicide, Mike Brown, Sean Flynn, and Rick Brown, producer Deborah, we're going to be sniffing you out too. It is becoming widespread, I believe, personally. It's been going on for years. Since 2017, the VA been under this illusion that all their big national strategy and campaigns for actions going on. And so what was going on? Well, overworked, they're underemployed, they have bureaucratic processes, they have resentments, and they lies, and they dissatisfy government and oversight officials. But behind the curtains, 
they're throwing guys out of the VA, they go out and they shoot themselves. And then you hear about it a year later. Congress has provided billions of dollars to the Department of Defense as well as the VA. Yet the number of suicides for veterans between 2008 and 2019 is way over 66,000. And this year in 2020, we're going to clear 70,000. That's a stunning number. COVID-19 policies in place. Well, I hate to say it, but I think we're now going to clear over 73,000 by the end of 2020. It may even be more. The American people expect better. They also expect us not only to spend money wisely, but in this case, certainly to save the veterans' lives, not throw them to the wolves, to the mental health dungeons that he lives, they live in, and surely not for him to pick up a weapon and then go out and execute himself because of his mental anguish. Obviously, this VA had no programs for the veteran in place, or this would not have happened. I bet they were funded for the programs, but foolish as they were, never put them into practice. You know, now on a broader front, and this point is aimed at the national level of VA as a whole, because as an institution, VA should have common core programs for all its VA clinic, and they all should be certified with certified clinical teams, clinical care teams. That's right. How is it that one side of the United States has a VA that's certified in one area, but you go to the other side of the VA, on the other side of the continent, on the other side of the U.S., and they're not certified? Different standards. It's one institution. Our major private practice hospitals don't operate like that, but in the VA, they do. If there are programs that are working, VA, you need to go through Congress and let them know about it and standardize your treatments. Yet we know we have directors all over this country. If we can remember two years ago, it was open doors when President Trump took over. We actually had Congress members residing inside of the VA. But all of a sudden, they threw them out. Why? What do you have to lose? We'll discuss this further in the show. I'm just highlighting some of the issues a bit, America, kind of teasing it up so you can understand the show is going on and what the show is advocating for. And I want to do that because we've had several emails and several uh, hits that uh, we want to focus on. Um, and what, they want to know what we're focusing on. So we have five focus areas that we are trying to achieve in the next two years. Yep, we have five focus areas. We're not the big VA who has 157 goals. We talked about that before. I won't go into that. You're not going to achieve 157 goals in two years. They're too broadband. That's why they're not getting anything done. They have no focus. We do. This is where we need your help, America. Because what is happening out there is a crime against our sons and daughters who defend or who have defended this country during peacetime and war. So when you hear our shows, they're all going to tie back to these focus areas. There are five goals we are trying to achieve. One is open up our VA mental health and end telehealth. We've talked about this before in other shows, but you're going to hear it throughout our shows that it will always tie back to one of these goals. Because of COVID-19, they'll tell you the VA mental health system's open. It's not, and we'll have facts to prove all that. Right now, COVID-19 has shut down our mental health system, and telehealth is, is not acceptable. Broadband is not everywhere. We have homelessness and issues going on. We have people in the rural areas that are not going on. We're going to touch that a little bit today. We want to demand the VA have performance metrics that measures their clinical care treatment progress. There is none. Third, 
all active guard and reserve get a VA evaluation prior to being separated from their service. And if they're assigned a disability, then before they're separated, they get a VA or a private clinical care team assigned prior to that separation. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Not happening today. Fourth, establish a mental health clinic in each county in America, funded by the government, operated by the private sector. We're a capitalist country. Capitalism. They need competition. Drives performance. Plus, they can't handle their capacity. Right now, they say they're overworked, but only 28.7% of veterans actually used the VA facility. You're already telling us you can't take any more. There you go. Government-operated private sector in every county. And fifth, spirituality has to be part of the treatment care team's curriculum, their therapy. Spirituality is all about mind, body, and spirit, right? No, treatment, I mean, clinical care treatment has to have involved mind, body, and spirit. And we'll talk about our shows in those five areas. You got it? All right. Let's get moving on. Hey, Sean, back to you, buddy. What do you think about what's going on here? Thanks, Colonel Mike. I'm, I'm lost for words, you know. I just pray that our show, if there's anybody out there listening that needs help, at the very least, you know, our intention is to help our brothers and sisters out there, our veterans and our first responders, before they continue to do harm to themselves, to reach out, uh, at the very least, reach out and ask us questions so that we can help you find ways to find and get what you need so that you can get back to living a purposeful and grateful life. Mike, if you could if you could take it from here, go, go ahead. Yeah, Mike. Sean, thanks. Yeah, it's great, great uh, intro to our show. Um, I also want to introduce our new special advisor, uh, Rick Brown. No, we're not brothers, but we should be. Uh, <laughs> Rick and I have known each other for over 30-some years. So, uh, uh, Rick, what do you have to say for the introduction of the show? America, I'm just uh, a little guy. I'm boots on the ground. I'm not a veteran. I care. I'm a retired school teacher. I taught history. I have a bachelor's in history, a master's in history. Coached football for 21 years, and I'm the son of a veteran. My dad served this country, and I care. He fought in Korea. He fought in Vietnam. I'm emotional because I'm mad. I know what's going on in America. You are being lied to. The Veterans Administration, my dad served his country for 24 years, retired senior master sergeant. Then he went on to work for the VA for 20 years. He said, Rick, why is there a Wounded Warrior Project? Why are you donating to that organization? He said, the VA provides everything for our veterans. I wish my dad was alive today. It's not true. America, why? You, you tell me. Just use some logic. If the VA worked, why would we need the Wounded Warrior Project? The VA, according to my dad, should do everything for the veterans. No, America. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They're not doing it. Veterans don't get care. You got to qualify. You know, Colonel Mike Brown and I known each other for a long time, and he asked me to be a special advisor. That means I'm I'm a bull in the china shop, anybody out there that really knows me. I got a very important story to tell you today, America. Congressmen, senators, you're going to be shocked. I'm calling out a director today. I'm not going to give any names. I got inside informants that I, I cannot disclose their names at this time, but it is true. This is a true, true show. 100% true. We're not political. We don't care about Democrats. We don't care about Republicans. We care about veterans. And my congressman in my state, I believe he's going to be shocked. I'm in contact with his office. I'm trying to get a face-to-face with him. And uh, there's another congressman that uh, splits our county. I think I'm going to talk to him tonight. I got an inside connection that uh, a friend of mine that knows him personally. He needs to know this information. That's right, Joe. See, what Rick's saying is, and what we're introducing here, and teasing this up, is that we have connections. We're connected now, America. That means we're connected. What you're hearing from Rick is passion, emotion. What you're hearing from Sean is commitment and dedication, attachment, connection. What you're hearing from me is the same, that we're no longer going to be flies on the wall. We're going to be boots on the ground, kicking mud and dirt, kicking it up. Because what we've seen so far is nothing but broad brush, words, no deeds. And when we say we're going to kick it up, that's where we get like a special advisor like Rick Brown. So we'll move through a little bit here, but Rick's going to share his story later on in the show. And I told you up front, it's going to be disturbing. Don't worry. You got our team behind it. What we need you to do, America, down at the local level, put your boots on kick some dirt, and you'll find out what's going on. And you can pass it to us, and we'll take our tanks and run through them. Guarantee it. Now, Sean and Rick, we know men and women fear coming forward. We know for a fact within our own jobs, we've all been through it. For mental health care, people fear to be judged, being passed over for promotion, losing some kind of clearance if you're in the military. Or in a job that requires some kind of clearance. Or at the end of the day, losing our jobs. This is unacceptable. And I know, finally, there's a bad story I'm going to tell you. It's a suicide story. Now, it does have a 
positive ending, but it's didn't have to be this way. But our good Lord gave it some kind of positive ending, and I hope our congressmen and senators and the president take action on this. This is what's going on in Congress. We told you we look all the way up to the national level in our show. Military is experiencing the same sign of stigma I just mentioned. I want you to sit back, America, and listen if you can. I'm going to tell you a true story on the hard truths of hate and bullying and the stigma of mental health. It's alive and well within the ranks of our military. In the case of the United States Navy, I'm going to talk about. Now, it's alive everywhere. It's in the military. It's in the private sector. But we're talking about in our domain here is that military, active duty, guard, reserve, and veterans. Because once you're on active duty, you're going to come off. Once you're a guard, reserve, you're going to come off. And you're going to the veterans. There's a transition period. We're important with the transition period. It ties back to our goal. Before you come off active duty, guard or reserve, you're going to have to turn into a vet someday. This guy was trying to seek treatment. The guy I'm talking about, the sailor's name I'm talking about is Brandon Caserta, the son of Patrick and Tara Caserta. He was an aircraft aviation electronic mate striker in the United States Navy. He was a warrior. He was a patriot. He was a son of this nation, protecting and defending this nation, who killed himself while suffering from a mental illness. He was refused treatment from his leadership team, and instead he was bullied and ridiculed. Brandon died June 25th, 2018, in Norfolk, Virginia, after struggling for nearly two years to helicopter sea combat squadron. See, I'm calling them out. I'm calling you out, Navy. I'm calling you out, Sea Combat Squadron. And if I had the leader's name, I'd call you out too. Cassandra initially joined the service to become a Navy SEAL. This guy was a tough guy. But he was forced to drop out because he broke his leg. Wasn't his fault. He was tough. Guy's leg broke during underwater demolition SEAL school. Young man was unhappy and assigned ratings and served under a lead petty officer who abused and cursed and mocked him. Cassandra was also harassed by his command leadership for not producing things. They spent months at time. This guy used to want to be a SEAL. He was at SEAL school. They put him to sell snacks at a unit canteen, and then he broke his collarbone, an event that reset the progress he had made earning in professional qualifications. He went from the top all the way to zero. Brandon told his parents he was done. That's what he said in his suicide note. Everything he worked for was gone, he wrote. Well, Caserta texted and talked frequently with his friends and told some of them that he was struggling. That's what he told his parents. He seemed to have few options left for getting medical care. Command team wouldn't let him. Petty officer wouldn't let him. Every loss is heartbreaking. Brandon didn't have to die. Back to my statement, why is this a good news story now? Why does it turn into a silver lining? Well, Brandon was a warrior. We can't bring him back. But we could try to make something positive out of his death. And that's exactly what our great senator from the state of Arizona, Martha McSally, has doing today. They've created the Brandon Act. And they have passed that Brandon Act in Congress last week. And it'll provide troops a path to confidentiality requesting mental health evaluation and treatment without command notification. Do you hear that, military? you hear that, all services out there? Do you hear that, generals? you hear that, command team? No longer you're in charge. 
we're going to get this thing through the Senate on the president's desk and signed. You hear that first line supervisors down there? No more Brandon deaths. Local communities out there, we need you to stand up and write your senators and get this thing passed in the Senate and on the president's desk and signed ASAP. Under the proposal, service members would be able to use a safe word or term while seeking an evaluation or treatment that would guarantee confidentiality. You see McSally, Senator McSally, she's a retired Air Force colonel who disclosed during a Senate hearing last year that she was also a victim of rape. You know, bullying and abuse have no place in our military. The bullying of Brandon experience in his squadron is heartbreaking. Since his death, they have raised awareness of the impact of toxic leadership. You know, I've seen toxic leadership. I think Sean has seen it. Pretty sure you've seen it, Rick, in your school system. And I tell you what, it's still around. We talk about it. We don't do anything about it. It's a problem. And we have Brandon, people like Brandon, impacted by it and dying. But now what? Young soldiers, airmen, Marines, you have a way out now. You too start writing your Congress people and get this thing passed through Senate floor and onto the president's desk. Next time you see a senator, ask him what's going on with the Brandon Act. We need this passed. Let me tell you why the Brandon Act is so important, especially for our show and our goals. See, here's what else the Brandon Act can do for you. It has a secondary purpose beyond its primary purpose, which is more important. But after the Brandon Act, see, you get automatic medical care, mental health care. That's the primary purpose, okay? But if during their mental health visits and treatment, it is deemed that they are no longer fit for military duty, then the process goes like this. They go in front of a medical fitness board. And if the board determines they are no longer fit for duty, and they get medically discharged in accordance with the DSM Manual 5 then the VA has no cause not to give them the same disability rating that gets them discharged. Sounds fair, doesn't it? They're going to get discharged. They're going to get their VA rating. And then they're going to transition to service. And they should have a VA care team ready to pick them up as soon as they come off active duty. How about that? Stats have shown that the highest rates of suicide are within the first year of separation from active duty. See what the Brandon Act could actually really do? not just its primary purpose, but its secondary. Also proven the biggest care gap from active service to the VA is within the first year. Interesting. Let's hope that the majority leader, Senator Mitch McConnell, gets this onto the Senate floor ASAP, and he passes it on to the president. And President Trump will do the right thing and sign the Brandon Act and put it into law before the end of the year. Thank you very much. Sean and Rick, that's what's going on in Congress. America, that's what we're looking to pass right now. We're all behind the Brandon Act. You got the full power of the KGRA radio audience behind you, too. We're going to move on to the next topic. Access to health care is so important. It's not just access, folks. You have to get beyond the word access. See, the VA will tell you they have full access. Again, our team is boots on the ground. We kick dirt. We dig foxholes, man. But it's got to be safe. It's got to be ongoing. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be reliable. And it has to be sustainable. That's what access means in our books. And it's so true for mental health. As mental health is a contact sport. It's up close and it's personal. 
for the veteran who rely on the VA healthcare and the military members and the retirees that use TRICARE, we must expand the workforce that serves them. You hear that? They're short. We also have to increase their training. Most of the folks that I've seen in the VA are just young interns coming out of college. Let me give you an example. Real sources won't disclose their names. It's a Privacy Act, it's HIPAA, all the above. It was told during his disability rating, I don't know what an MOS is. I, basically, they're telling him, I don't know what an infantryman does. I don't know what urban warfare is. I don't know what a kill zone looks like. You get what I'm saying? If you're trying to understand if he has PTSD or not, you don't even understand what combat looks like. You're 23 years old. I don't expect you to. You need to understand how a combat looks. Combat trauma is a lot different than civilian trauma. I'm telling you, it is. But we're not going to go there. We don't have time. We also need to demand the same high standards of care that we see in the private sources of care. Efforts to reduce suicide require that the U.S. does more to improve the overall mental health care system. Now, I don't have the tape fully, but we do have a Senate tape, and we have time we'll play Secretary of the VA, Mr. Wilkie. He says, and I'll paraphrase him, that we've never had the discussion about this. So, can you imagine that? You know what that means to me, America? That means... He just wants to wipe the slate clean because it's his turn to run the wheelhouse. No, not getting away with it. We've been having this discussion since 2008, and you haven't moved the needle yet. So we need to have a synchronized effort to recruit, train, and support a bigger mental health care workforce. That means resources. Now, I want to assure you that mental health parity is fully implemented and enforced will help address workforce challenges. Thank you. You need to expand to lower the risk. I think when you get the resources in place and you expand the workforce and you look at all those above, you may start having a dent and lower suicide rate. Because when we talk expand on this show, it's not expand in the Super Bowl cities and the major metropolitans. Remember the goal? We want a local care clinic in each county in America. Access. Full access. Safe, ongoing, consistent, reliable, and sustainable. Then you're going to start seeing some dents in the suicide rates. Now, since COVID-19 access to all our facilities have been limited, right, and those in our remote rural communities have always been limited or non-existence, both scenarios are unacceptable. And then in the first, we've been fighting to get policy changes. Telehealth doesn't work. 38.7% of rural areas can't even access it. Just this week found out that some of the clinical care teams, no kidding, got hits this week. Some of the clinical care teams at VA hospitals are working from their homes. Makes sense. They're telehealth. And I guess they don't want to go into the VA, even though the VA is supposed to be open, right? They're in their homes and their PJs bouncing around, probably taking care of their kids at the same time. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guess where they're living? They're living in rural areas. Guess what they don't have? Broadband. So they don't have... Video conference, they have telephones, and what I heard on recently this week was I tried to connect with my person through video, and he didn't have video. So with their patients, they're finding out they don't even have broadband access, never mind the homeless and the poor who don't have it either. Now, I'm not going too much into this because last week's show, we hammered this topic. Write your congressman or your veteran service organization. Call for some changes. Now, here's what I want to discuss and give you the hard truth. Now, you're not going to believe this. This is where the Senate tape comes to play. We're going to play it for you. But digging deep into the truth of what policymakers are doing, at one of which you're not aware of, this is what happened. We caught them with their hands in the cookie jar. And this next story is going to disturb you. In a Senate hearing back last November, on the Senate floor, Dr. Richard Stone from the VA addressed the United States Senate that the VA approach for rural health care for vets was to put VA clinics in the back of VFW halls. Folks, he stated that, and he's already done it. this in Montana, and he has a plan to dramatically expand throughout the nation. VFW halls, smoke-filled alcohol environment, drinkers, pool shooters, loud bars, gambling atmosphere, and you're going to put a mental health hospital and those halls, and have our sick and suffering sneak in the back doors for mental health treatment. Play the clip. Thank you so much. Secretary Wilkie, it's great to see you again. Uh, Arizona has a proud history of Native Americans serving in our military. Um, one of the most amazing is the Code Talkers, Navajo and Hopi. And I'll tell you, one of the highlights of my life was this summer being out on the Navajo Nation and meeting four of the five remaining Code Talkers for uh, National Navajo Code Talker Day. And I'll tell you, there was not a dry eye in the place as one of them stood up and broke out in the Marine Corps song in Navajo. I mean, it was just an extraordinary experience. And they are passing this on to the next generation to continue to serve, and it is just amazing. We have, you know, 22 federally recognized tribes in Arizona, uh, but they are in very rural areas across Arizona. Major land masses, uh, over 26,000 veterans according to the 2017 census. So access is a significant issue, as you talked about, but... 
broadband and connectivity is also an issue. That's something this committee has been focusing on, uh, and we're really in tune to. So telemedicine just may not be an option for many of them. Uh, and taking long trips into where there may be healthcare or VA other facilities, or even using the VA Mission Act into the rural community, they just may not have the specialties that they need. So what are the options? I'd really like to explore more in Arizona of bringing services to them, you know, with mobile units and specialties and mental health providers, because the telemedicine it just isn't going to work until we fix the broadband connectivity issue. Senator, you're exactly correct. <clears throat> we have a program called VA Video Connect, which uses telephonic transmission rather than the broadband transmission. Uh, even then, it is not adequate, and therefore yeah. uh, the need to use uh, we have just recently placed in Montana a mobile unit from Phillips in a VFW hall, uh, and we look forward to expanding that, where literally it is a remote clinic uh, that we provide the infrastructure to, uh, and we will be expanding that dramatically, we hope, in the near future. Uh, but that is a, uh, a pilot program in order to reach these remote areas. Our mobile units... It is, ge it is so geographically dispersed that even our mobile units are not enough, mm -hmm. and therefore we think that these kind of partnerships with VFW uh, yep. and, uh, and Phillips is, is one we must go to. We had about 19,000 um, uh, remote visits through VA Video Connect and our telehealth program in the Native American communities in both the mm -hmm. lower 48 in Alaska last year. Uh, but it must expand dramatically, and we'll need your help to get the, the infrastructure built to do that. Absolutely. I can, I'd love to partner with you on this, specifically in Arizona. Um, other partnerships, I remember getting briefed by uh, one of the private sector healthcare organizations who received a grant and is doing more on uh, some of the uh, Native American communities. So are you also partnering with them to see where others are already getting out there with educational programs and other things to figure out how you're can partner with them and not reinvent the wheel. It's such a, such a challenging access issue. Uh, we don't need to be duplicating efforts. Uh, that is correct. In fact, this year we funded a rural Native American um, navigator program that we're engaging mm -hmm. uh, individual uh, tribes in and, and members uh, who will act as navigators for other veterans exactly. to bring them in uh, to the system yeah. and to help them understand what's available to them. Great, thanks. And there's. And I would add one yep. other thing, Senator. We are ex we we are looking to expand the number of MOUs with Indian Health. Uh, one of the focuses that I I have is making sure that our mail order pharmacy service is robust and is serving the needs of Native communities in a way that it sometimes has not in the past. Well, thanks. Um, and I know recently my, my office, we've met with uh, representatives from Navajo, and my understanding is that, you, that the VA is exploring, studying the possibility of bringing a community-based outpatient uh, clinic there. Uh, I don't know if you can answer now or for the record what the status of that is. They, there's 10,000 veterans on the Navajo Nation, so it's a pretty big deal. Uh, we'll take that for the record, and okay. I'll come back to you. I, I can't answer that right now for Great, you. Great, thank you. And then one last thing. Uh, I, I appreciate, Secretary Wilkie, your focus on veteran suicide. This is just unacceptable that, you know, we, we deploy, and those who took their oath of office, we were willing to put our lives on the line, and then they're coming home, surviving battle, and taking their own lives. 
So just more has to be done. And, and business as usual, more of the same. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expect, expecting a different result. Specifically for Native Americans, though, my understanding is even in the data collection, they're listed as others. So we don't even understand what the scope of the problem is, specifically for Native American veterans who are at risk of suicide or committed suicide. So just want to follow up on updating even how we're gathering data. If we don't know what the problem is, we don't know how to fix the problem. Um, Mr. Chairman, may I beg your indulgence for a second? <laughs> yeah, please. Thank um, you. I know we're... We've got many to ask questions to you, so if you can give this us This is our number one great. clinical priority. Um, I, I come from a military family. I, my, my formative experience was watching the after effects of Vietnam. My father, senior officer in the 82nd Airborne Division, couldn't wear his uniform off post. The majority of, Vietnam vet, of, of veterans who take their lives are from Vietnam. Lyndon Johnson left Washington, D.C. 50 years ago in January. That's how long some of these have been germinating. The, the other tragedy, and this, this involves the American West, is that the Department of War started taking statistics on veteran suicide in 1892. And we have never had a national conversation about suicide, particularly amongst veterans. So we do have the first national task force. We, we, we just uh, we are supporting legislation that some on this committee are supporting that opens the aperture so that we get resources to tribal governments so that they can find those 50, that, those, those 60 percent that we don't see. Right. That's the biggest hurdle for us. But finally, finally we're addressing it. Finally we're having a conversation about mental health that is long overdue. Thank you. Thank you. Not one senator pushed back. Instead they agreed, either passively or by silence. Is this the best we can do? Put the clinics in the back of the bar rooms for mental health care for our vets? The back of bar rooms? This sickens me to no end. They believe this is acceptable for our national heroes? The back of a ballroom? I love our movement that's taking place in our nation where we're finally addressing suicide as a health issue. So I agree with Secretary Wilkie to a degree. There is so much more that needs to be done to wipe the stigma clear off the map. I am floored that they are going to treat rural Americans where the majority of our vets lie Tell them to get in their car and go to the back of a bar if they want health care from the VA. Now, there's no shame getting help for it. PTSD and moral injuries develop into a disease, and it can be chronic and it's treatable. And I argue we have been dealing with it since 2008, not since 2020, like I said before. This is an epidemic. As we have learned in recent years, the best way to address this crisis is the spiritual approach, removing the stigma, understanding that it's PTSD and moral injuries is a disease. We have people out there who are injured on the job that need to go to the locker room to see professionals who can get them mental and spiritually fit. So they can go back on the playing field. Put those mental health clinics in those rural areas. You find that county hospital, VA, and you go there and stick it. You don't stick it in the back of a bar room. Our, finally, our objective here is to prevent suicide and take care of our vets and our first responders. You know our military suicide rate was once low. Yes, it was. I was a second lieutenant in the 1990s. Our suicide rate was lower than the population rate despite our high-stress family separations. Lower than the population. 1.5 times the population now. 
mental professionals call this phenomenon we're in right now the warrior effect. 19 years of war. Hey, Rick, what say you? Well, thank you, Colonel Mike. I want to tell America that, uh, you know, we concentrate on PTSD and uh, first responder mental health. But mental health is a major issue in this country, just in the general population. Our county went one year without a psychiatrist. They couldn't, they couldn't recruit one. Uh, mental health is a disease. There's a stigma to it. People are afraid to admit it, afraid to go to a psychiatrist. I pray that the senator from Arizona's legislation is passed where a veteran gets his rating or her rating before they leave the military so they do not have to fight the VA to get care. That's what they're doing now. Have to hire attorneys. You have to prove. We got to get this legislation through. We got people waiting in line. You got to have a 50% disability due to your service in order to get service at the VA. In order to get mental health service from the VA, you must have a service-connected disability. That's what Rick was telling us. This next story is going to drive you crazy. What does the process look like? Through another event that just popped up recently and tell you another horror story. See, what we're trying to frame here, folks, for you today that are listening is that it's not that pretty out there as you're hearing. Now, they're doing some stuff that's good. I got that. You know, the sky's not falling. But the vets are in trouble in the VA right now for suicides and disabilities. When you don't have the ratings, when you don't have the care, that leads to suicides, okay? They're all connected. That's what this show's all about, PTSD and veteran suicides. They all intermingle. So our topics intermingle. At the end of the day, we're trying to prevent suicides from happening. If you're not getting health care, then your mind's going off on a tangent, and you're not getting the care that you need. Eventually, you're going to go whack and kill yourself, okay? Now, you're talking from somebody who has tried it. I've tried to whack myself four times because I had severe PTSD. I've been through the hells of war in my head been through the devil. I've seen it. I've seen the fall. I've seen the depression. I've seen the hate, the anger, the shame, the guilt. And I've seen the pains and the trials and tribulations of getting through a VA system. I've seen it work and I've seen it not work. I've seen my friends die. That's why we're here, to help you navigate and then help the leaders out there navigate. Now, I know that's a hard job. We're not going to stop until they listen, until they act. So here we're going to say, nearly a year ago, a Board of Veterans Appeal judge told 69-year-old Air Force Bill Davis of Hudson, you know, that he needed a letter from a doctor stating his illness for service-related. So you can have a service-related disability or a service-related injury to get disability. Well, he received two of these letters. I've talked about Bill Davis. Had been waiting eight years to get his disability rating. He served back in in the Vietnam era. But now he had cancer, and Davis had only hoped that the government would do the same for him after he had served his country gallantly. He was involved as a a mechanic. He had Agent Orange exposed to it. He was exposed to cancerous chemical cleaners. And never for a minute did he think that the Air Force would not take care of him when he got out. Well, 
2012, Davis started connecting the dots between the Agent Orange and the carcinic cleaners that he used that got him heart disease and cancer of the lungs. And the VA said, none of that is service connected. Well, he put a claim in and they denied it. They said, the VA told him he had no record of ever being in Vietnam. And this is, this is, this is what they said. They just disgraced me, he explained. So for seven years, he dueled over his benefits. They believe he's reserved. The records from the Air Force archives clearly showed him that he was in Saigon, not Vietnam, right? VA Board of Appeals just judge wanted more. He wanted a letter from a doctor saying Davis' illness were service-connected. What did Davis do? He got two. For a year, he waited in limbo. But he learned last Friday that evidence has not even been reviewed yet. Nor is there any time limit for a board Veterans Administration judge to sit down and make a decision on his case. Now, can you please just give me an answer, America? Why? Davis wants to know why, too. It's going to be eight years next month since he filed his claim. He's got heart disease. He's got cancer. What's going on? These are the red flags. Eight years. This is what we talked about. You should, as Rick just stated earlier, you should get your rating when you come off active duty. That's or reserve or guard duty before you're separated. We understand the past may not have been like that. Stop it. We're not in the past anymore. We're in the present. No more active reserve guard coming off service ever, never again will come off without a disability rating from the VA, period. And they have five years after that to claim, not this two-year period. It's two years right now. PTSD can resurface. It's been proven up to five years after combat as a flashback. You hear that, Congress? That's what we want. How about that? This is free advice from Rick, Mike, Deborah, and Sean. See, we're solution-oriented. It's simple. Doesn't need to be one of your 157 goals out there. President Trump, if you're listening, executive order. That's five bullets right there. Sign it. Let us come up with a pen. We'll be glad to come up there and sign with you. Rick. I have a major story that I think that America needs to know. I, I got a uh, working with uh, a congressman's office, and I'm trying to get to him. But I'm, I'm working up the ladder. But the story I was going to tell you kind of scares me now because I just got a, an email right now. And this email, this person in, the, in this, I, I'm not going to say who the congressman is, and I'm not going to mention anybody's name. This stuff is real, and, it's, and it happened. I can't. Rick, please be aware. Staff cannot be on a podcast or talk to the press. It is office policy. Now, that, that scares me for this individual that had no idea that I was on a podcast. But uh, I don't know if that was a warning to me to not say anything. But what I'm about to tell you, I'm going to go and bring up an old act passed by Congress in 1972 called the Federal Advisory Committee Act. What this act does is it allows congressmen 
elected officials, congressmen, senators, to call up VAs and talk to them directly. They have to by law, according to this act. The employee, he didn't know, you know, that I do this, took a phone call from a United States congressman, wanted to speak to the director. Well, the director had told his subordinates, if a U.S. senator or congressman ever calls my office, I do not relay the phone call. Do you hear that, congressman? You'll probably figure out who I am because the nice lady that I'm dealing with is going to be listening to this podcast. I have a uh, phone call that we're going to talk on Friday. She might figure out what uh, VA facility this is. The employee knew the directive from his director, so he goes to his boss. Can't find his boss. So he goes back to the uh, phone. The congressman says, I am telling you, I want to talk to the director now. He said, now. The employee was shaken. He said, (laughs) so guess what he did? He put the phone call through to the director. But this employee got a very harsh verbal reprimand. This is the law, America. That director has to talk to elected congressmen and senators. The VA is part of the executive branch of the government, and the congressmen are part of the legislative branch. So this, this, uh, you know, separation of powers, but this gives our congressmen insight to what's going on in the VA. And it appears that this, I don't know if you call it cover up. I don't want to speak to any congressmen or senators. And then this uh, person gets reprimanded. America, something's wrong here. And I don't know if if this email was a scare tactic, not uh, mention something. Says, Rick, be aware. Staff cannot talk. So a staff member at the VA cannot uh, report something that's going on at the VA, according to this uh, person in the congressman's office. I was really shocked when I heard the story, but now that I get this email that is making me aware that staff cannot talk to America, uh, you know, are they hide something at the VA? If you can get in the VA, first of all, we're having severe problems getting our vets in there. But now directors are saying they don't want to talk to congressmen and senators, or at least this one individual director. What do you think, America? What do you think, Colonel Mike? Was this a threat? I think it's a, it's an evasive move. I think we are allowed to have insights what's going on in all branches of government. It's called transparency. And I think what's going on right now is a lack thereof transparency. The uh, Federal Advisory Committee Act of 1972 was to remove these covert type of committees and uh, covert type of locker room chat talks. You know, I'm all about transparency. What I see today is lack thereof transparency. And that's what we're here to change. You said in the beginning, right? We didn't say that in the beginning, boys and girls. We're going to find it, whether you hide it or not. We have sources out there. We are going to kick them up. And the bigger our team gets, the more sources we're going to get. Because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is reduce suicides amongst vets. 
We're not trying to out there cause conspiracy theories. We're out there to find the truth. We're about a fact-based, not opinions. And what Rick is talking about is true. It's true. So here are some other red flags that we're seeing just in this last week. Department of Veterans Affairs Hospital, Richmond, Virginia, rehired a pathologist who had been previously fired for failing to diagnose or misdiagnose some cancer a dozen patients. That's what the IG just reported. Um, some other interesting facts as well. The IG reported last week that indicates that hospital officials continue to engage in cover-ups. So does that answer your question, Rick? This is the independent office of the inspector general in the report Wednesday. This is pulled right out of the report indicates that hospital officials continue to engage in cover-ups. I'm just reading the report. The OIG reported also indicates that the VA still struggles to hold physicians accountable and to protect veterans, patients, or the public. They said, here's our summary folks. And this is where we kind of get, lean into a little bit what we think we sh the VA should be doing. Needs to make more high-quality mental health care consistently and predictable at every VA facility for veterans. And if you can't do it, VA, utilize existing hospitals for your remote mobile strategies. Stay out of those bar rooms, man. That's stupid. I can't even you had a PhD and you briefed that to the U.S. Senate. And you senators, what were you doing, playing with your, your TikTok or something on the phone? Come on. That's ridiculous. You should have shouted at him and said, what the heck? I know you're an Indian Affairs Committee on that one, but my God, bar rooms? Are you kidding me? Veterans wait on an average about six months to receive an initial answer on their disability claims. If a veteran disagrees with a VA decision, the veteran can wait up to another four years. In Davis' case that we talked about, it was eight years. Reinstate a policy. Right now, the policy for VSOs was canceled last April. Our veteran service organizations were our last hope for our veterans to get a fair shake at reviewing their disability ratings before they went final. You took it away. What Rick was talking about, the Federal Advisory Committee Act of 1972, they're supposed to be in that review process. Put them back in there in that review process. Make them a committee member again. There's a bill under legislation right now going to the Congress and the Senate. Pass that in the House. Pass that in the Senate. Send a message down to Secretary of the Veterans Affairs, Wilkie. Tell him, that's a foul ball, buddy. You're not allowed to do that. Those VSOs are important to our veterans, all of them. American Legion, VFWs, the Wounded Warriors, all of them. Knock it off. Transparency. And Dr. Lawrence, I can't believe you said your, your mind was made up and it was happening whether the VA liked it or the VFW liked it or not. That's ridiculous. That's arrogant and that's ignorant. You ought to retract that statement and say you're sorry. Be a big boy and pull your big boy pants up and say you're sorry. Hey, local community leaders, we need you to work with your local and state government to get local mental health facilities in your community funded by the government and run by private sector for our vet communities to solve our rural and remote issues. Else you're going to have some royal rural clinical care in the back of your VFW as a bar if you listen to the VA. America, push your senators to vote for the Brandon Act. Get that passed in the Senate. Let's get that up to the president for signature and made into law. The Brandon Act will carry his legacy by ensuring all service members get asked for help with no risk of retaliation when they are struggling. Sean, final words. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mike. And I'll end with this. Simply said, um, I'll end with the serenity prayer, which is God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I 
cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Today was a great show. It's important to get this information out there. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Mike. And I say that so that I don't remain frustrated and I don't remain in a position to where um, I'm not willing to go out and make myself available to another suffering soul. So what I'd like to say is if anybody out there is listening, make yourself available today to a first responder, make yourself available to a veteran, do something beautiful for them. Don't just tell them, uh, you know, how much you appreciate their service. And if at the very least that's all you do, then that's great. But make yourself available to be of service to our suffering veterans out there and our suffering first responders. And that doesn't disinclude any, any suffering soul out there. Today was an important show. We get out, we have an opportunity to, to share our thoughts, share our experience. And again, as always, and after every show, I know it's time for me to get into action and to go out there and do my best to be available for another suffering brother, veteran, or brother in blue, or any first responder out there that needs help. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Sean. Let's not also forget about the power of spiritual wellness and reducing our mental illness and our increasing our mental well-being. Spirituality has a strong and religious background behind it. It helps us be whole again. The role of our spiritual practitioners is pivotal in our integrated care treatment teams, partially because, you know, the special academic training experience they have and the history and practice of spirituality within a faith. You know, this training allows practitioners to be able to place and express, assess spiritual concerns of veterans into a deeper context. Healing for PTSD and moral injury is about mind, body, and spirit. Folks, all three are needed for complete recovery. I would like to give a shout out to the Wounded Warrior Project, which is a charity and veteran service organization that offers a variety of programs, services, and events for wounded veterans of the military and their families. You know, for over 17 years, their commitment to their welfare has been a priority number one. It's the real deal, folks, and it's making a difference in reducing suicide amongst vets. To contact them, reach out to WoundedWarriorProject.org. Again, WoundedWarriorProject.org. I also want to give a great shout out to KGRA Digital Broadcasting. Thanks, guys. Thanks for giving us a platform to spread our word of hope, faith, and love. Because our veterans are our number one priority. And reducing suicides, we are going to do it because of your support and our viewer audience. And I quote, to care for him, we shall have borne the battle for his widow and his orphan. Abraham Lincoln, second inaugural address. 1865. Thank you for listening to Crisis in America PTSD. All veterans, first responders, or potential guests, we would love to hear from you. Please email your comments to Colonel Mike Brown. That's brown.mike734 at gmail.com. Once again, brown.mike734 at gmail.com.